RBN. too many beautiful days left so i am really enjoying it a lot of people outside hanging out see there's a bridal party here a little beaver brewery today and uh, we're having our own party upstairs with uh, keldy and jeremy thanks for stopping by today guys yeah yeah happy to be here i am drinking a i haven't tried this one before it's called we can brew it which is another great title um for the beer title label name whatever uh, it's a strawberry cream ale. I'm enjoying it a lot. What are you drinking over there, Kelby? Uh, I've got the uh, pumpkin pie. I'm usually not a pumpkin spice guy in any way, but this one's phenomenal. Um, and also, I'm here to make a public statement that they need to bring back Jitters, which was their coffee blend. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was buying those at the store even, just to have them at home, but they discontinued it, so All hopefully right. they're listening. Chad, Justin, if you're listening, I had a recommendation for Jitters. I didn't know that uh, they stopped brewing that, um, so... Yeah, maybe they can swing that back. I know there's as much space as they got back there. I know they're limited still how many different kinds of things they can have going. So oh, yeah. you put that back in the We can brew it. Isn't that the one that's the Bruce of the Cause where they're, like, raising money for it? Oh, is it? For, I didn't know that. I thought it was. Okay. Maybe, maybe not, but I, I also see the Bruce for the Cause uh, thing over there where I know they have people come in and, and bartend and get money. But oh, yeah. I, I, I could be wrong. I thought there was something tied into Gail Keenan or, yeah. or Susan Coleman with that one. But All right. Yeah, I uh, guess I should have done my homework off. Yeah, I don't know. I should have asked, but off my if I can unintentionally support a cause, go for it. Eating some pickled chips too; those are pretty yummy. You got some food on the way, Jeremy. I got a burger coming. <laughs> I hear it's pretty burger. good. It's pretty. Good. <laughs> yeah, and I do just want to say. I mean, I found this place out because of your guys' podcast. Oh, yeah. For sure, that's when I first heard it. It was during the pandemic, so I wasn't going out as much. But yeah, yeah I started coming here, and I've been here so many times since now it's kind of my go-to spot people are coming from out of town i try to go out here it's a little more low-key cool uh yeah and the the food and booze is awesome cool it's good to hear man i really appreciate that Mm -hmm. and recently new menu too a lot of a lot of new options yeah i've been trying to work my way through it we had a happy hour here on uh on friday with my co-workers and we tried to i tried to expand out but i went back to a little beaver (laughs) burger myself too have you done the slider flight yet before. No. Oh, I have actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked easy. all of them. I think the tuna one was like yeah. a little bit too much tuna for that me. That was the one I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, but the other three were really, really good. Anyway, enough of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, Kelby, I'm really happy to meet you in person. Yeah. No, we've talked a lot virtually, but it's cool that we're able to sit down and uh, you were uh, you're doing something I think is pretty neat online. You're paying really paying really close attention to the Women's and City Council and. Uh, writing some notes up on those that I, I really like reading. Yeah. I think it'd be easy as somebody, you know, if you run for a race, it doesn't work out for you, it'd be easy just to be like, nah, I'll just back off, I won't pay attention anymore. But um, can you tell people uh, a little bit about what you're doing there? Yeah, yeah. So I run a, a Facebook page called Blow Notes. Um, and what I do there is I track the city council meetings. Whenever an agenda packet comes out, I spend a couple hours uh, notating every single agenda item. I try to make it a little entertaining, throw jokes here and there, um, but just try to summarize each thing that's coming up. Um, and if it's a really simple you know, status quo uh, agenda item that is typical they have to do every year, I'll just say, like, this is the normal thing, just pass it, whatever. Um, but I try to catch things that, that might be of interest to a variety of people. It's not always social issues. It's Most of the time it's uh, economic issues. Um, 
and basically I post this uh, first and foremost to the Facebook page. Uh, it's a Google Doc that's open. Anybody can comment on it. So if someone wants to say, hey, no, you're wrong on this, then that's the place to do it. Yeah. Um, and then I also send it out to the entire council, the mayor, the city manager, and deputy city manager. Um, tracking these notes is something I did before I ran for office uh, and for, for years. And so I kind of thought after I was, uh, after the race was over, I thought, well, how can I still be involved? Um, I didn't want to just kind of stick with taking these notes and sending them to a few council members that I've done in the past. I'd rather just send them out to everybody, including the public and, and, and especially council members that I might not disagree with on a lot of issues. Yeah. Uh, and just as a potential approach to, to get them to look at issues from a different perspective. Um, and I know, like, that agendas can be, you know, three to 400 pages long sometimes. And so if you review them every week you start to notice a pattern of you know you can throw out these 40 pages it's all just typical legal stuff that you're not going to find anything but you know if you go to page five you might find out that that bar that's coming to town is going to have pinball machines so that's really cool i'll make sure to tell people that okay I think is that a exciting. theoretical example or is that a uh, actual no example? that was an actual example of the okay. um uh there was a downtown uh place it used to be the brewery brewery uh materials place and they were going to open up a some liquor store that sold high-end liquor only. I forgot what that was called, but they were going to have pinball machines. I was really excited about oh, it, but yeah. that fell through, that project, so. Yeah. Side note on that, um, there's a place in McLean. Oh, yeah. That's got, it's like a whole building just completely pinball full. Pinball museum, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a pinball museum, and then there's also a, like a video game museum down and there. And they're affordable. Like, it's only a quarter, and yeah, it, yeah I got killed six hours hanging out in McLean. Oh, for sure. Going to both places, because there's two locations. It's wild out yeah. there. Yeah. What a, what a passion that person must have. Yeah. It's like the almost the entirety of their downtown is, yes. <laughs> is that. Uh, but yeah, I took the kids down there. That's where my son wants to have his next birthday party. He's, nice. he's there. He just he loved it. So oh, yeah, um, it was real nostalgic for me to bring them there and explain what arcades used to be like in the 90s yeah. and stuff. And it was, it was fun. But yeah, especially for kids because 8-Bit was great when it was here, but. Yeah, you don't want to bring kids there Friday nights necessarily. That's one of the tops of my COVID casualties, man. Yeah. Is eight bit going? Yeah, I, yeah. I used to, I used to be like, I, I'd go. My wife and I would go on dates there. If I was meeting up with people, I want to go there. That was that's the, a real loss. The new place there, the stable, looks pretty cool. Oh yeah, the music hall. Is there? Have you? Yeah. Have you yeah. I walked by in? just last yeah. week. We were gonna go check it out, but it was just jam packed. So. Yeah, not cool. Tonight. Check that out. Well, it, going back to the yeah, the go back to the blow notes thing you're talking. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, you're putting these out. Council members are getting them. Do you ever have interactions with them from that? Or, I mean, oh, are yeah. people saying, yeah, I'm reading this? Or what's, what's your experience been? There? Yeah, so I've gotten uh, thank yous from just about every council member. Um, and, and what I do is I put it in comment mode. So, again, people can comment if there's a dialogue that goes on. Uh, occasionally, people will accidentally hit a space bar while they're reading it. So I'll get to see that, oh, Jamie Matthew commented on uh, the Blow Notes Google Doc. So, yeah, I know that they're reading it. Um, yeah. But again, I'm not expecting anything. Uh, I just want the information out there. That's all. And then are you doing more, I don't know how to word this, but you know, commentary to it, like giving your perspective, or is it more you're trying to be like that neutral, like here's the facts, here's the... I know you said obviously throw in yeah. a joke and stuff, but oh, yeah. you know, what's... What what's would a reader look at that and say, oh, this is a partisan take or, or no? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my goal of the Blow Notes is to make it um, accessible to a broad spectrum of, of readers. Um, and so with that, I do make a lot of jokes. I try to keep it a little entertaining so it's not uh, dry and dull as a 400-page agenda document is. 
but right from the top, I make it clear, these are my opinions. So it, it is an opinionated uh, a bit there. And so, so yeah, I definitely have a, a slant. Um, I ran as a progressive, and right. I'm still progressive. Uh, fiscally well, conservative to some degree. Uh, I didn't say that I was running, but I'm definitely fiscally conservative. If you read those notes, you'll see that. Um, so I, I do call out things that aren't typically noted in a, if I was just writing a progressive blog. Right? Well, I appreciate that because, you know, there's different categories. There's the one that, you know, it's yellow journalism both ways. Of, mm-hmm. I'm only going to listen to these facts. And then there's others that are the, no, no, we're we're in the middle. We're, and you're like, no, you're not. Either either way. Yeah. So I appreciate that you're like, hey, these are my opinions. Here's who I oh, am. Yeah. And here's some commentary. Take oh, yeah. take it, love, love it or shove it, you know, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, my father-in-law is a, a photographer for the Tribune, retired now, but, um, you know, he talked about the mass media uh, all the time and about how it's, you know, trying to be neutral is the key. And, and to me, neutrality in this world just doesn't really exist anymore, and so I don't want to try to create a facade saying I am. So, yeah. So, um, interesting, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about fiscal conservatism and some of the topics that you come across where you feel like that's important? Yeah, uh, certainly infrastructure, which I think, you know, you and I share the uh, strong towns approach. I mean, that's that's why I know you, Tyson, is through that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, that book uh, and that movement kind of encapsulates a lot of how I feel about uh, general politics, that that sense of uh, streets as an investment, for example, and that... Um, if we're going to put a bunch of money into expanding our, our borders around town and try to have larger amounts of streets, that that's going to come at a cost down the road, a significant cost. And I think that uh, part of what I ran on was the divide of the west side and the east side, and I think a large part of that divide is the historic uh, degradation of our streets, our sanitary sewers, water lines, all on the west side, uh, so we could build more and more to the east and the far east as well. Um, so yeah, that that to me is, is fiscally conservative. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, what what can be so hard is that I I think a lot of the conservatives I hear who are involved in politics thinks think that the source of not having enough money is corruption. That would be how I would summarize it. Said, or needs over wants is the thing, right? It, it, oh yeah. Um, and I mean, of course, it's always corruption. There's always leakage in the system. You could do better on that. There's also things you could argue. Um, shouldn't be spent public dollars on like Coliseum, BCPA. I think you'd have a good conversation about whether that's necessary or not with public dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it misses that overall point of just the, the investments that are being made are not being made in a way that is going to have a return on investment that's positive. And so eventually you run out of money because you're just you're every road you build, every sewer you build it. If you extend away out of town, you're losing money on that. And eventually. Uh, the bill comes due and you can't pay for it. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even social issues, I do think you can have a fiscal conservative approach to it. Um, and a good example for me is because like my uh, career, everything I'm involved in, my day-to-day is affordable housing construction. Uh, so, And remind listeners what you do. Yeah, so I'm a project manager for a, a for-profit company that uh, partners with um, housing authorities, uh, nonprofits, and sometimes just on their own using housing vouchers. Um, and uh, building affordable housing new, um, and also uh, renovating very old uh, buildings and, uh, and different affordable housing locations. Um, so I've worked across uh, both Indiana and Illinois, um, probably seven or so projects, um, near a $100 million mark that I've overseen. Um, 
typically do 30 to 40 million now every year. Um, and so through that whole process, like I've learned a lot. Um, I'm kind of the guy in the middle with the, all the red tape that gets thrown on me and I'm the one that's got to figure out, well, how do we do this the most efficient way that uh, is best for people that also um, has a long-term uh, angle to it? Because on, on one side, I'm the builder, but also the developer I work for, they're holding on to these properties for 20 to 30 years at very minimum. So they don't want to come and knock on my door 10 years from now and say, well, what the hell are you doing over there at that building? So there's, there's a long-term interest as well. So trying to find that middle ground is what I do every day, learn something new every day. So for me, cons- fiscally conservative ship with uh, housing, for instance, is um, you could be looking at our uh, homeless population here in Bloomington Normal. I've talked to many people who um, say that their life experience of downtown being homeless is that when winter hits, there's not a homeless shelter to go to that everybody has access to. Um, And so there's times where they make the decision to literally break the law to go to jail over the winter so they have warmth and they have food and they're taken care of, and they get out in the spring. And that's a terrible pattern, and that is terrible for... um, you know, fiscally for the city to be spending money on that and taxpayers. And instead, if you were to open up more affordable housing options, have a focus on investing and creating more of those opportunities for people to go to, a homeless shelter that's uh, open 24 hours, that uh, has case management systems and can handle the amount we have, uh, to me, that's saving money in the long run, especially. So let's, um, I I do want to get back to the the other topics that have been in front of the council recently, because um, I'm interested if you've been looking so close at them to hear your take. But um, since we're on affordable housing, that's something that uh, it's such an easy two words to say. Yeah. It's almost like you know, if you're if you're running for council, you got to say infrastructure. Oh yeah. And then if Fixing you're running for council and of your like a certain 50 percent of the population, you got to say affordable housing. Yep. But it. it you know more than probably 99% of the people how complicated that is. So Very complicated, what, yeah. What is, I mean, how do you even start? How do you get affordable housing in a community? What does that even mean? Yeah, so I think the McLean County Regional Planning Commission has a wonderful study online. They've got a lot of information about what the different types of affordable housing are. Um, I would encourage people to look that up if they're interested. I mean, some people, they hear the word affordable housing, they think home ownership. And you need to get more people similar to what uh, Habitat does or just getting the cost of homes down <laughs> to be able to afford them. Um, for me, it's all about rentals. Uh, I, my heart's in the west side, and I know that's the majority of uh, people who live on the west side is, is rentals. Um, and to me, watching what has played out um, in 2021 mostly about the, the skyrocket of rent um, and then combined with Rivian, I mean, everybody knows the story that we're, we're in quite a pinch right now in terms of our housing stock and the amount of people that are coming from out of town to live here. Um, and again, every day I work with different housing authorities in different cities and see what other municipalities have done and what other housing authorities have done. Um, uh, there's the beaver burger. Yeah, you got the burger. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, my, my effort is more towards the uh, the rental side. Yeah. And and I know that the common thought about that is um, is public housing authorities. The uh, majority of rental housing that's affordable housing in Bloomington Normal right now is a privately owned uh, affordable housing unit that's either through um, a Section 8 voucher or through uh, low-income tax credits. 
And so the tax credit side of thing, that's what I typically work with um, if I'm not working directly with the housing authority. Um, and so those are temporary. Those eventually go away. And I don't think the city's uh, county and town are prepared at all for that eventuality. And what, what bothers me the most is that I don't see anybody besides the McLean County Regional Planning Commission to some degree um, working on specifically increasing the number of stock we have of affordable housing rental units. So, well, yeah, I'll say if I can dig in yeah, a little bit man. there. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm totally with you on the fact that we don't have enough affordable. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly, like you said, Rivian and, and those came in and, and took any excess that we had out, which house are selling quick. Um, my concern is, is I don't want to get into this, like, left-right philosophy. I really don't. Uh, of, you know, what's the role here? But um, I, many friends that are landlords or have houses are saying the, their tragedy is the last year and a half of people not paying water bills and, and doing yep. that sort of stuff. So then they're out that money as the landlord. I don't, don't know if many people are aware of that. The landlord's on the oh, yeah. hook. It's thousands of dollars. And now they're saying, yeah, I'm not going to get another rental house or I was going to buy another one or or uh, take a bad one, flip it up. I have some friends doing that right now yeah. that have actually said, no, I'm not doing that with, with what's going on. So No, no. I it, mean, it, at, what, at what point is it the private market? Like you said, most of those are private yes. in that stock. I, the, I don't think the government can step in and create enough, right? You have to incent the market there. Yeah, so I do think the... Okay, so your idea about the left and right divide, you don't want to get into philosophical, but that has real consequences of what policy actually gets made. So we do got to talk about that to a certain degree. Um, And so uh, for me, yeah, I I did a video with Stan Nord during the, um, when uh, Ida, the the housing authority for the state, basically, they had a grant that came out to help out um, tenants who were behind on pay uh, or behind on rent, um, which then switched to helping landlords directly. And so... There's really no excuse for any landlord um, in terms of not getting rent from their tenant uh, throughout the COVID pandemic because there was this grant that Illinois was very, very generous with compared to other states, and that more than covered. It was designed to cover every single person based on statistics they had. However, what you're talking about, the water bill, that is a problem, and that's a municipal issue, and I don't think that the way they've handled it is is good. I think that uh, just... At the last council meeting in Bloomington, uh, a landlord came out and said that, you know, his tenant um, hadn't paid rent, and um, and that was you know something he was dealing with. But then he got a water bill after the tenant moved out, and it was thousands, like six thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. And the city hadn't informed him at all because right. they were sending it to the tenant, and it's in the tenant's name, but it's his property. And so when that situation happens, a tenant is, is completely gone, but the, the landlord gets stuck with the bill, $6,000. And you could say, you know, uh, eat the rich, get rid of the landlords. And, you know, that's not going to change the fact that this $6,000 uh, will not be going into uh, potentially renovating some of their units. Or it might, like you said, completely discourage renting at all. And again, then we get these mega corporations coming in and buying housing right. stock which right. happened here locally yeah. and then they, it's an investment opportunity and they sit on vacant properties which we have scattered all over and there's so, a huge a difference there, uh, there's a huge difference in my mind between like an individual person who's got an extra house or two and is renting it out I think our perception of yeah. landlords is somebody who's you know like like you said a big big corporation or somebody who's got properties like all over the midwest or something and they don't 
don't yeah. like have an individual relationship with that. Um, lumping them all in together, the, the person who has the house that they're renting out probably doesn't have a ton of yeah. liquid cash on them, right? Um, they might have stretched to get that extra house, so it's, yeah. it's a complicated situation. And, and a lot of people are doing those one or two. I mean, even the ones that are bigger in this town that might have 15, 20, right? Yeah. They're usually looking at, I see, they're the ones fixing the infill more. You know, they're going in and looking at the dilapidated house that they're like, I could buy that for 20 grand, put 30, 40 into it, flip it, and, and, and rent that at affordable. And, and I think that's one of the consequences the last couple of years I've seen that scared that market shut a little. Yep. Um, now, Rivian's a blessing in that at some point it's like, we need houses. Yes. Um, but my, my challenge there, and I don't know how to fix this, so... It is that helps on the higher end or the you know hundred hundred fifty thousand? What's it do for those under hundred thousand where where there's real need, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's more what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, if you that's look like, at the evictions rising that's happening now, I mean, October was broker record, so mm-hmm. it's only going to get worse. This is just kind of a slow step into it. The whole process of eviction is still difficult compared to what it was pre-COVID. As soon as that becomes lighter, it's going to be more and more evictions. And this is going to be more and more of a problem because anybody who's tried to rent the past four months knows how difficult that is. And that challenge is only going to be more insurmountable. Such a horrible time for evictions to be happening, too, with the winter coming, with the um, holidays. It just breaks your heart, you know? So, I mean, so to get back on, like, it seems like we we, kind of all... I've observed similar things and similar attention. So again, coming back to your expertise, then you know, tax incentives are one way to do it, or grants. But those are going to be temporary and could go away. So if you you said like to your clients who are the developers, if you look out ten years, well, this may or may not be there. I don't necessarily want to be stuck with it. So like, what else? What else can we do? What are other options for us? So I've worked with a lot of public housing authorities, um, and usually we're there to more or less bail them out because they cannot sustain anything that they're doing. Um, And their housing stock has gotten to a point where they haven't had any major innovations for the past 30, 40 years, and they need help. So they, uh, they they go into what's called as a RAD program, and so it allows them to have a private public partnership. Um, and then a private developer pulls funds from like 12 different entities to be able to make it happen. And it's very calculated, you know, they have the capital to be able to get that much debt to make this work over the course of long, long terms. Um, to me, that sounds very familiar to how I understand Bloomington Housing Authority right now. Uh, I'm not in it, I haven't worked with them directly, um, but I have not seen a major renovation in Bloomington Housing Authority, which in cor- comforts is uh, normal as well. I've not seen a major renovation in a long time. Um, and I'm concerned that a lot of that stock is the exact type of places that we're currently renovating for other housing authorities because it's gotten so bad deterioration. I have people I know that live in public housing by the housing authority, and it's not great conditions. It's not yeah. at all set up for modern life either. Yeah. Um, so I think that having the public housing authorities work with the private um, entities and, and developers is the only option in that situation because I don't think we're going to be able to move the federal government, the HUD program, anybody to bring money to increase the funding for housing authorities. Um, so that's unfortunate. Uh, and then I do think that there is something to the tax credit idea. Uh, I think that a lot of Sorry, not a lot, but all efforts in terms of economic development has been targeted to 
uh, bringing in commercial business. And so I think those exact same tools are the exact tools that developers look at when they're trying to come up with an affordable housing plan for new development. And so if we were able to levy the uh, EDC, both locally and, and the, the, the overall one in our community, to kind of put a task force together to, to find those affordable housing areas, then we could end up luring a private developer to show up and say, look, you've given me 12 different locations across the city, and uh, out of these, you know, this one works for us. And then, you know, just have we just uh, standardized that incentive um, package process for the entire EDC, we could have a standardized incentive package for a developer to build exclusively affordable housing, or, or even mixed income if you don't want to push it too far. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, because the only residential developments that I've seen come through the Planning Commission are converting farmland into, you know, houses, right? Yeah. So you're going to go out to... Ireland Grove and you're going to grab some stuff that's dirt right now and you're going to build houses in the like two to three hundred range yep. uh, you know all the same kind little boxes on a hillside out there <laughs> um, so yeah I, I it would be so fascinating for a developer to come in and say either like here's a spot that currently has houses and we're going to or structures that we're going to repurpose for this or Here's like twelve different places in town where we've got little plots of land, and we're gonna we're gonna build all those up yeah. at the same time to some sort of level of of uh, modernity. Yeah, and if you want to take one step further as a municipality, you could fund a housing trust, some sort of a general pool of money that's set aside for those incentives to really increase the chance and likelihood of a developer showing up, and and that could be, you know, the American Rescue. Uh, funds that came in through COVID that, that Biden signed in in the fall or in the winter. That's a large amount of money, fifty million dollars that came between normal Bloomington and the county. And so, if we're able to even put ten percent of that money from each of the areas, I think everyone needs to kick in because it's not just a Bloomington problem. It's definitely not. Yeah. Um, then you know that fund could be created, or that money could go to the regional planning commission to create that type of a dedicated person in finding and luring in a developer. Yeah. Are there any cities that you know, maybe not trying to put you on the spot, but any places you know that have taken that approach? Yeah. Have done the fun and have, have had success? Yeah. So um, Bloomington, Indiana, um, which I do have a project over there and another one starting soon, so I always call it the other Bloomington, but um, they use that fund to uh, kick a quarter of a million to the Bloomington Housing Authority over there to literally just for increasing the amount of units they have. Uh, they put another million into um, United Way to specifically target um, uh, shelter for uh, homeless, people struggling with homeless. So they, they put that money in there. And then they had another pool of money um, to, for Section 8 housing, uh, like creating new Section 8 units. So that was uh, out of the three million they've spent, half of it was dedicated towards housing. And Bloomington, Indiana does have a homeless uh, uh, population rise right now, and it is kind of a tragic situation over there. Um, but I don't think it's anything compared to what our town is going to be in next year, uh, or even by this winter, based on the projections of Rivian and current housing crises that we have everywhere. Interesting. So, so quick side story on Bloomington, Indiana. I have my browser on my phone set to private mode all the time to try to, like, reduce the degree to which Apple 
Taylor's my my personal bubble. Yep. But uh, I did order food from a uh, Bloomington, Indiana restaurant recently, um, and was, was disappointed by the results of that. So, <laughs> so on one hand, I do recommend considering private mode on your phone because yeah. it does help you. On the other hand, you got to have some attention to details. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, when I'm trying to call contractors, I have a Bloomington, Illinois number, and I have to explain every time, no, I really am calling about Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just, okay. It can be a little confusing. Yep. Um, so two things that I've heard on Strong Towns about this, I'm interested in your reaction, because they are a little bit more, what, like, right-leaning. Yeah. Um, one, uh, one is about the regulations like building codes and stuff like that how the high standard that is put on them um, increases housing prices and also is a just it also discourages people from renovating old houses because you lose grandfathering status and then it's like if you touch the house then all of a sudden you got to put in like a hundred thousand dollars of stuff into it so is that a reality from your perspective too absolutely yeah Um, Yeah. i mean every day i you know fight against some of the things that even I have to build uh, in a project because you know there's the local um, there's local uh, legislation within each city on what extra specifications they have for things and then there's the state extra amount and then the federal extra amount but then as a developer you know they're pulling in money from different funds some of those might be green initiative funds some might be uh, better neighborhood funds and then they all have their own weigh-ins and so there's times where yeah it just seems that's the only way to get those types of housings built, um, but also it ends up costing a lot more because you have to have all these extra amenities, which in the end, for the person living there, that's great for them. It, you know, it's, it's extra yeah. amenities. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Energy Star Appliances keeps their, their electric bill down, and that's great, and I love being able to put those in. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely more expensive. Yeah. Um, and locally, yeah, I think the, the idea of the planning commission, the code enforcement, you know, looking at a more uh, permissive approach to any type of modifications to existing homes and trying to avoid uh, the, the legacy statuses going away within each home um, and, and allowing people to make those modifications. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Yeah. And uh, I've heard a similar thing about uh, our Ruben, the owner of uh, Spice Works, was telling me about some of the struggles he's going through downtown. He wants oh, yeah. to invest in downtown. He wants to stay there. But if he moves and goes to a new building, then it's like you can't just take over that new building. you got to put in a new sprinkler system. you got to do all this stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I don't I don't have enough money to do that. But if he went out to some strip mall that just got built, then yep. you'd be able to, right? So um, it's an interesting idea that Chuck Marone from Strong Towns had about this, of um, that people could have... Like, maybe get allowances on certain code updates with a, a commitment that they would do it over time if there was funds instead of some kind of escrow account that they um, they contribute to and build up over time to be able to meet those code needs instead of having to need, need to be a day one update to do something. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting idea. Yeah, because you could have a business that's been there for 20 years in operation, and then you switch hands in a month if you were able to build out in a month magically, then... Yeah, all of a sudden they can't do that because yeah. they have to update, and that's yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, um, and I think there's possible incentives we can create for particularly the downtown area if that's something that the city of Bloomington wants to be invested in, which everybody talks about during election. Yeah, and then nothing ever happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you want to be invested, you do things like uh, Molly Ward's initiative that she put out there for accessibility entrances. So. Um, 
putting more money to meet the reality of the costs of, of converting storefronts to become accessible. It's very expensive to do that. I've had to do that on a couple buildings, and it has to be done. But to expect a, a new um, building owner who just stepped in to be able to do that right up front, that's a lot of upfront costs. And the yeah. city has this uh, update. It's a, it's a mix of the historic grant, so you can actually maintain the historic nature of the storefront, mandate that, um, while increasing accessibility. So I think that's a great approach to be able to like fix that one particular issue. Yeah. Sprinklers could be another approach. Uh, I love C-Space in town. That uh, Matt Erickson operates an art center right off of uh, by the Coliseum, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They hit. They got hit with the sprinkler issue. Um, that was a children's home where you know it was fine for. <laughs> Salvation Army for years and decades and decades, and then you know we want to open up an art area, and all of a sudden yeah. the code changes, and they were unwavering on a, a slightly less uh, code-required sprinkler system to do like a modified version that would give you the same coverage, but they're unwavering, and that's where I think Strong Towns talks about a lot is we need to be able to waver, we need yeah. to be able to look at these with a sensible approach, and don't just say no, just say how can we actually make this work? How can you move towards it over yeah. time? Yeah. Yeah, my friend tried to buy a condo down there, and that's eventually why he lost out. Like his bid, I think last I heard his bid was similar to someone else's bid, but the other person was going to be able to, uh, you know, pay for these pay for these sprinkler issues better yeah. and stuff. So it's yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very expensive to do sprinklers. The other thing that I think I walk I walk a lot around town. Um, I'm in Eastgate. So I'm not in like the older parts, but I'm not in the newer parts either. Late 60s. So I like to walk west and just kind of look around at the environment that's around. And I, I see a lot of places that houses could go. I see a lot of yards that are large, some unoccupied spaces. My backyard is definitely big enough to put another house in. It's very big. Um, and I, and I, I ponder why that's illegal to do. Yes. Um, it's a very fascinating situation. My, uh, I think in particular about my property. So one of the things I tell to to get my uh, my right leaning friends on board with my view of things is this is my property. I have a very large backyard. When my kids are older and my parents are older, my parents might want to live out there. I could build a very modest house out there. I could build a two bedroom house out there. There's plenty of room for it. That's illegal for some reason. Yep. So this is this is zoning laws, right? And yep. um, you know. If, Affordable. If you think about affordable for the city, right? If you think about how to keep city costs down, you'd have to build, you'd have to build no new roads, no new sewer, no new trash pickup, no new police protection, fire protection. It's like it's all exactly the same for the city, except now you have two houses earning property taxes yep. and sales taxes instead of one. Yep. It makes so much sense to me, and I I, I don't understand. Accessory dwelling units are the zoning term for it. Yes. I, I I don't comprehend why I'm not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Why the city tells me I'm not allowed to do that with the space that I own. Yeah. Whereas if you have a historic house as like a carriage house, that's totally fine. You can, yeah. you can rent out that carriage house and mod it a little bit and, and do that. Yeah. But that yeah, would, that would help build with affordable, something new. That helped with affordable housing too, right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Our, the house I live in, it was built in uh, 1880, or sorry, 1873. And in 1884, it was converted into a rental house for students. We live next to was on campus. And so it's been a rental that long. Um, and it's not at all was built for rental. And, and I get the concern of chopping up historic homes and, and making 
and that causes structural issues too if you're not doing it right. But we have so many, you know, inspection enforcement type of uh, uh, inspectors on on hand to like do those renovations and watch that and make sure that's a safe process. Whereas back then, who knows what the hell they did? I've, I've looked under behind a wall and seen how our staircase was built, and I know that I would not pass anything. So <laughs> Franklin Park area, just yep. go around that whole thing. Yeah, like that. yeah. Well, interesting. Well, it's a fascinating topic. I um, I appreciate you sharing some of your your knowledge on that. Um, again, it's just one of those two word phrases you can say, but there's yeah. so much complexity in there, um, and, and it must frustrate you when people come out as if it's just some simple solution, right? Like you write a check to one place, or you get some fund for some place. It's so much more complicated than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and the only way to do it is large amounts of money, and the only way to do that is combined fuel of money coming from different entities and they can all have their say in, in what is there but ultimately it's got to take a, a collaborative effort yeah which again that's why i think normal bloomington the county should all work together on something because it's going to be a problem soon yeah yeah it's i think it's that and then getting away from not in my backyard like nimbyism too right that's true yeah. realizing that things need to be a little bit messier or um or like you know, oh, look, here's a tiny home. Or yeah. when, My dad lived in a tiny home back in the 40s when he was born. They didn't call it a tiny home. They called it a home. It was a small house that he lived yeah. in. <laughs> and uh, we've gotten used to the, the, the affluence, right, and, and the, okay. the, the things that we associate with smaller, more simple housing arrangements and have looked down on them, and we got to... You can't do it anymore. It's not sustainable. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, even yeah. if you avoid the nimbyism, the tiny home, like, wasn't there a proposal floating out there that takes some of the area out there behind uh, Market Street where mm-hmm. a lot of the homeless population kind of resides yeah. and, and do tiny homes through there? And that yeah. was kind of shot down or poo-pooed. We did extra parking for Panda Express, I think, was up yeah. instead. <laughs> right. But, but, I mean, like that, that, that to me was a very sensible solution that I'm like, why wouldn't you have that back there? And, and granted, I'm yeah. not as steeped in it as you are here, but if, if there's something I'm missing to that, like, why wouldn't you do that? No, yeah, and I've, I've worked with an architect who designed doing tiny homes as transitional housing, and then right next to it was an apartment complex, and then inside there, there was, like, a community kitchen. There were uh, medical and social worker people who worked staff, so everything was kind of all in one spot. So you really could, you know, get all the services you need all in one, and it's a temporary thing because we don't necessarily want to, you know, put everybody in tiny homes for the rest of their lives. Yeah, uh, but it beats being outside, and and that's where that's where my mind goes. Of you know, being a neighbor of Tyson's, I can see why you know we wouldn't want a bunch of tiny homes in the, in the back of his house. You know, like. Or maybe we do. I don't know. You're looking at me weird, but, but <laughs> no, I, no, I, could, I, I got you. I, I could see that. But versus, uh, you know, what's the alternative in that specific area? You have a homeless population that has nothing above their their head and is out in the cold. Yeah. And why not do that? There's not as many people living out there. They're, you're not. And having also, that. I, I've been told that Bloomington Normal is like the mecca of social services. That we have so many social services in this town, and so you know, we're not putting a large if we put a bunch of tiny homes somewhere, there's a ton of social services around to, to help out. We're not doing this in some rural town um, where there's not no support systems. Yeah. I do want to apologize for listeners real quick. I think they're rearranging some tables down <laughs> yeah, there for yeah. an event. There's a lot of scraping of chairs. And uh, so I think now yeah, they're still doing it. Yeah. 
just give us some scraped over all the parts I talked about. Give us, some, give us some grace. You'll edit that out. Oh yeah, <laughs> I should have pretended like we were actually just censoring things you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> should have you ranting about like uh, decreasing taxes and fixing the streets and just scrape right over all that. We don't get all that stuff on the podcast, Jeremy. Come on, you said you'd behave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So, uh, so yeah. What I mentioned, I wanted to come back to some other stuff that's been in front of the council recently. Um, you know, the wards, the <clears throat> excuse me, ward six appointment was definitely a, a thing. So interested in if you guys have a hot take on that. I guess cold take at this point. I guess it's yeah. over. Yeah, it's <laughs> over. Take on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. Frankly, this is exactly what happened to Maboka when he was first appointed and denied and reappointed. It almost seems like the exact same thing played out. Um, you know, I thought maybe it would be different a little bit based on his experience, but I, you know, he holds that that memory and didn't want it to change for the future because just like you know before we started talking we were talking about redistricting and i think this is the exact same thing that's going to happen now is that if there's another council appointment in the future and you've got a mayor that's um leans further to the left they're going to appoint a left person instead of a right and they're going to use this exact appointment as an example of why they have the power and ability to do that so, so for people who aren't following it closely can you can you can you quickly walk us through the dynamics of what happened yeah, so um, the council, uh, when Ward 6 was vacated, uh, there was, uh, I think, 10 people that applied, and one of them got their name in the newspaper really quick. That was Levi, um, and it was said in the newspaper that Levi already had a majority vote to get in. Uh, Donna corrected the record that there wasn't any legal vote, and that was a misinformation. Um, whether that was... You know what was said in emails. It's not really proprietary. It was a straw poll, probably. Yeah, it was probably a straw poll. That's my understanding. Um, that if it had voted that day that they took the straw poll, then yeah, for sure he would have been in. Um, and then they pulled him. Um, and then Maboka. And by they, you mean Maboka? Yeah, yeah. Maboka pulled him out. And then um, Maboka also sent an email out about Karen Schmidt, the former uh, Ward Six council person. And so. Then kind of everybody on social media and, and the, the council members themselves, everyone kind of said no to that. Um, I mean, obviously, Karen did a lot. So she has a lot of support as well. But uh, yeah, she was my prediction. I think if you go yeah, back, absolutely. go back a few episodes here, you'll hear me being very confident in that uh, prediction. And everybody, again, I, I should just not yeah, make any political. We're, we're doing really yeah. solid. My lesson is, you know, so right, here. Right? Yeah. She was named at least. So. Yeah, I was happy when she came in. I was like, maybe I'll be right. No, no, I'm not. Right. But, <laughs> I mean, everybody yeah, I, mean, I was, asked, that was the only person she's I a ever. Very logical heard choice yeah. for it too. Yeah. 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 And from what I heard from people, she. She's really into the current work that she's doing, and what she's yeah. doing is escaping my my mind right now. But she she's got another role where she's contributing to the community and very involved in that. So it makes sense that she wouldn't have put in an application. Yeah. But odd for the mayor to be floating a name of somebody who wasn't one of the ten. Yes, and who <laughs> also had lost to the person who was stepping down. So yeah, that was a little strange in itself. Yeah, definitely. If Karen didn't have the history, then. I don't think she would have been entertained at all. Um, and honestly, I don't know if she would have wanted that because that would have been people every single meeting coming out and talking about it yeah. until the election. So that would have been rough. Um, and then, yeah, D. Urban ended up getting the appointment, who was one of the ten. Um, and I think she leans a little more conservative than, um, uh, definitely more than Leroy, uh, Levi and more than Karen, in my opinion. But I really don't know. I'm, I mean, 
excited to get to know what how she's going to be on the couch. And, and much more than Jen, the previous. Yes, <laughs> yes, much, much more. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody leaned yeah to the left of Jen. So yeah, yeah. I just I thought it was really interesting in terms of leadership style from what I was seeing, and I only have what was in the, was in the news coverage. I don't have any other information about. Um, other than someone mentioning about what Karen was doing, which I promptly forgot, so there you go. Um, but uh, I, I think it's, it's in- interesting, and it's what I was concerned with with Mboka was that he was just going to try to make everybody happy, and it was a fascinating case study. And when you try to make everyone happy, you just end up pissing people off. I mean, oh, yeah. you had um, you had Leah Klein and Shana Wachowski from the yep. county board writing a public letter to him. Yep. You had public comment against it. And um, it's you just you can't make everybody happy, and that can't be your goal. And just just like waiting for consensus doesn't make people happy either. And so um, I guess I'm hopeful maybe he'll take a lesson from this to not try that in the future. I'm not super optimistic, but we'll see if he does. (laughs) I guess I I I hear you, and and, I mean, anytime you make a decision, you're going to upset somebody, like like, uh, Shana or Lee. You know, unless you handpicked their candidate, they probably weren't going to be happy, right? Um, so that there is element. I, I did appreciate the attempt at consensus, and, and what I mean by that, you're going to be like, oh, that's crazy, versus just coming in and going, here's my person, screw you all, I'm mayor, this is what I want to do. Like sure, that approach that could have been taken, um, and and that approach has been that's taken fair. to some yeah. degree in the yeah. in the past, uh, you know, in, in various spots. Yeah. So that was good, at least listening. But I, I'm with you on that. If the assuming the intent was good and hey, I want to listen to everybody, the way it was executed left a lot of people scratching their heads more than given decisive, uh, you know, thumbs ups, yeah. and yeah. and that really sets the you know her off on, on some poor footing, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. I mean, with with at least Mboka, his if you remember Stockton put somebody up, they got voted down. Put somebody well, put him up, got yep. voted down. Put somebody else up, they got voted down. And then because the council had said no twice, he got to a point, and he yep. he appointed. They had that vetting. These other two didn't really even have a public vote. Yeah. It was more a straw yeah. poll float in social media. And I, yeah. that, it would have been that, very, was, that was a concern I had, to yeah. be decisive on yeah. calling the vote, right? It would have been very different if, if he brought Levi, um, hang on, I'm spacing on Levi's last name. Champion. Levi Champion. Would have been. Would have got been, voted um, down. Yeah, if he brought it up, got voted down. Okay, yeah. well then now yeah. let me think of other options, right? Yeah. But someone applies, you float them around, you think maybe there's a majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also would have been different if D. Urban would have gotten nine votes, right? Yeah, and it's true. like, yeah. okay, yeah, that person was mixed, but this person, yeah, we picked somebody, but yeah. it ended up being uh, barely passing anyway. We can break in the tie, so. Yeah. And, and we and we weren't in the room, so we don't know. There could have been some agenda pushing of like, you know, we're floating. Oh, well, Levi has has the votes. I mean, yeah. that stuff could have been happening too. Yeah. But regardless, from the flies on the outside, you're not not in the room, looking at the way that played out, it just didn't instill a lot of confidence yeah. in, in really anybody. And you really only have to look back to November um, when Ward Seven was appointed. Uh, I mean, that was not a controversial situation. And, and I say that as somebody who wanted to get that appointment, and I tried, you know, I talked to all the council members about it. I didn't get it. That's fine. But, like, that was not a controversy in any way. So, yeah. Yeah. It was really recent. Yeah. Uh, I don't think one of uh, Terry Renner's fault is just, like, making a decision and sticking with it. He seems pretty good at that. So Yes. Well, and that, that's the flip side, right? Here's, yeah. here's who I'm picking. <laughs> I don't care. I'm the mayor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 
Um, ah, darn, I had some like clever transition over to, to sewer stuff. But I, oh yeah, I remember what it was now. Um, this is why I'm a professional podcast host. Yeah. It's this amazing. <laughs> you can't tell what's going on. Um, yeah, is, is the other place where Boca style um, came out was in the conversation about the combined sewer issue and, and the flooding and um, all the media of it. All the statements were just, you know, wait, be patient, we'll figure it out, let staff do it, like, wait. And I mean, when someone has sewage in their basement, they don't want to, they want to wait around for professional staff to, to figure things out, right? No. They want someone to help them out with things. And so, um, I don't, just another time when I'm just shaking my head, like, oh, oh gosh, like, yeah. And full, full disclosure, both Tyson and I live in that Eagscare, you know, yes. uh, didn't have sewer in your, your basement. We had a little bit of water, but nothing, nothing there. Um, yeah. But yeah. certainly knew people all around us that were having the issue. And, yeah. and, and so I bring that conflict interest. Yeah. We, we live over there, but. It was a big, uh, when was that? Rain? June. June. Sometime I was going to say yeah. June, yeah. yeah. And I didn't personally have, we had rain uh, water coming in for sure, and no sewer. Uh, we had a sump pump, and so it, it, we were down there shuffling water into the sump pump hole and just constantly trying to keep it from building up yeah. uh, for hours. But uh, my mom ended up losing a ton of like our childhood things, which uh, like she was really upset about it. But like I was kind of glad it didn't end up in my house. <laughs> I don't know what the hell to do with that stuff. So. Kelby's mom, so. don't listen. <laughs> he um, loves you. But yeah, no, people people were hit really hard. Yeah. Um, and I think that the approach Mboga took was a little more standoffish and, and very indecisive and, and he yeah did not it didn't seem like he had the heart into it and just saying that let's just wait and figure it out um, that's a very frustrating whole situation for me because I know that the city's been sitting on 20 plus million dollars of what they refer to in public as a rainy day fund <laughs> and so you have a hundred plus year storm that like I people could say we couldn't predict uh, I'm a believer of climate change so I think we could predict that it was definitely a 100-year flood of, you know, 1999 is definitely different than a 100-year flood we have today, and it'll be definitely different in 10 years. Um, and so that happened, and, you know, right off the bat, I think I saw an east-side-west-side divide, um, which was the whole trash pickup that was horrible out on the west side with the amount of garbage, sewage-filled basement material that was removed and sitting on the curb for weeks after, uh, you know, other areas got picked up and you know kudos to the city for at least picking up the stuff that was something that wasn't on their radar that's literally the only thing to date that they've done um besides you know having conversations i think there was about a combined nine or ten hours of public works presentations on the sewer state of Man, the sewer. those were dry they were dry oh my gosh I, that's actually when i stopped watching council meetings for a while because yeah, i were rough. i watched that three hour uh sewer presentation and yeah. I was like uh-huh. yep. <laughs> they remind me of back when the bulk waste presentations used to drag forever yeah. And, Ooh, yeah. man. So at so least I, on YouTube you can put them on like two speed now yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm happy with that feature <laughs> yeah. so that I, I watched it all and um, you know the, the only thing that was discussed literally the only thing that had maps and, and data to it was the uh, Locust Colton Sewer Project which is the Eastgate area um, you guys live in and there was a few mentions about, oh, we could do some hydraulic testing to figure out if we can change how the the um, retainage ponds work on the southern area of Bloomington. And then, you know, we could look in the future of testing for the west side and seeing what we could do over there. Um, but, you know, to the credit of your neighbors, they all came out. They 
came yeah. out in droves to the council meetings, and they spoke at every single one of those during every single presentation, and they were very heartfelt uh, situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I still think on on the west side there was just as not just as many, if not more, yeah. people that got hit. But I don't think they have that connection to the city council. Um, you know, they were down an older person at that time. Uh, they didn't have, like, a bunch of people turn out, except for Credit Jackson, who was phenomenal at every time she spoke about it. Uh, but really, I think what caused, or what ended up happening, though, is that all the focus remained on Colton, Locust Colton Seward. Yeah. And so the only thing we talked about as a council of um, moving forward is the notion of let's speed up that process. And so this is a project that's been in the books for, I think, like 10, maybe 15, 20 years. And so possibly longer. It was, yeah. wasn't 1970. Yeah. When, like, I mean, they like, knew about it. Like, <laughs> like, like I had a neighbor that said, yeah, it was a 100-year flood, but we're halfway through yeah. when you knew the problem was there. So yeah. the math's going to play out. It should have been fixed 30 yeah. years ago. That's when, we was, that's when our whole area was built. It was the 19, yeah. the late 1960s, 1970s. And, and I think stuff, it was so. like, seriously, mm-hmm. 70s, early 80s, where yeah. it was identified, hey, we need to fix that. Yep. And you would hope that, I mean, yeah. So I, I mean, a big shout out to my, to my neighbors. Like they did everything right, especially Kurt Hudson. Um, He's, he's not like politically connected. He's just a guy who works at State Farm, likes to take care of his family and like build his garden out front. Um, But he and others just really like they organized. They had petitions. They met with the council member. They showed up to public. They kept the pressure on. Like I was watching them and. I was like, I feel like I could help, but you guys are literally doing everything I could think of. So, yeah, there um, probably wasn't more they could do. Yeah. And, and everything passed. I mean, they're accelerating that whole construction. It's going to go yeah. faster. It's still going to take five, six years to yeah. get to a point where it flooded again next June. Same thing's going to happen. Yeah. No more different. houses are getting built, like just north of Washington up there that would feed in the same thing. So, I mean, that's good. Yeah. I, I would have hoped, though, that it would not have just generated like local attention to one neighborhood and been like, yeah. Okay, let's Where look at the whole city. Yeah, yeah, Where's exactly. this issue? The yeah. people who yeah. don't have the time, resources, connection, knowledge I think to, to advocate directly for themselves, you think it would have yeah. been more universalized? Uh, yeah, a few a few neighbors of yours did say that. They spoke out for the West Side as well, which yes. is good. Um, and But it comes down to it's just the economics behind this problem. It's a long-term problem that's going to take a lot of funding over decades, not something that can happen overnight, not something that we're going to get a magic grant that's going to pay for it all. Um, where I stand on it is that there still is not a plan at all for anything on the west side. Um, the one thing we did get exposed to last meeting, uh, or maybe it's two meetings ago, um, was adding a retainage pond in front of the Bloomington Library. And so that will further uh, decrease the chance of backups uh, to the east of that retainage pond. Um, but that only is suitable for a 10-year storm, which is more than next 10, month. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's a 10-year storm based on whatever data they're looking at now, which yeah. is based on previous years. So it, it doesn't, to me, that doesn't make sense. That's not, that's a, that's a nice lake for the, the library expansion. And that's cool. They need a water feature. They'll have a fountain and a little walking path and benches. And you can read books there. That's nice. But don't call it a retainage pond. It's going to solve any of these problems. Yeah. Um, but with that and then this, the Colton Sewers, all of that American Rescue Plan, COVID relief money that I was talking about that other cities are using for uh, housing initiatives, that's all getting sunk into there. Um, there hasn't been a single conversation about what the rest of that money is going to be covered. It's For Bloomington, it's uh, $13 million. 
Um, and so there hasn't been a conversation at all what we're going to spend that money on. The council hasn't talked about it. The only thing it's been on is these sewer infrastructure projects. And so to me, that's all money, once again, going into the east side. Um, and it's, you know, it's old east side primarily. It's not far east side. It's not over veterans or anything. Yeah. Um, but again, nothing is going to change in, in any way for, for west side neighbors. And, and more importantly, there's not a plan at all uh, to change that. Uh, the only thing that was mentioned casually by uh, Public Works was, look for next fiscal year, we're going to get into some hydro calculations for the west side. So next year, we're going to kick the can down the road We'll take again. a look at it, yeah. 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 And I think the city's setting themselves up for liability because it's one thing to deny all these claims that happened and say that, you know, it's an act of God. But this is going to happen again. Now you have all this documentation. And if it's a different council, it would have went differently. And so I think that that's, that's really not good. Like, imagine if you had a full progressive fleet uh, that's maybe not even progressive. Maybe it's not a political line drawing. But if you had a council that says next time, yeah, we should cover some of this. We are responsible as a city for ignoring this for so many years. And then a lawyer is going to see all the data we have this time it happened. That's a, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's why I, I definitely support Molly Ward's initiative on uh, the, the direct pay um, for people who are affected. Um, I think it you know, could have went a little further into to helping out people who do rent that were affected. Because, um, I mean, again, sewage in a basement is a traumatic experience. You cannot come back from that with the things that were damaged. You have to throw all that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. And so that's rough. Yeah, and and then to go back again to our development pattern, as I always do, um, if if the things that we were doing in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, if they were really investing in our communities and were were so great, we should have ample resources available to pay for all these things. Um, You know, if if the line we ran out to Ireland Grove was just like, you know, it was sending sending water out one way and pulling sewage and just huge amounts of money back <laughs> this way, you know? Yeah. That was just a, a money pipeline that we had built. Yeah. We'd have plenty of money laying around <laughs> to fix all these things. Yeah, and we all those things are going to come up. Like, everything oh, yeah. on the east side. I yeah. think, you know, by the time Locust Colton's finished, and now's the time to start investing on the west side solutions, we're going to have a lot of problems on the I far east side. Yeah. And all of a sudden, those, you know, the strong towns that are built to... Uh, Built to finish? Is that what it is? A finished state. Built, built to a finished state. state. Yeah. yeah. All of those projects are going to start to come in with maintenance yeah. repair needs. And then the city's going to focus over there because that's going to be people who come to the city council and say, fix my road. Yeah. All those um, all those subdivisions with the word Eagle on them in Ward 9 yes. are going to look just like the ones that are on the corner of Empire and Veterans. Yep. And um, just, yeah. Which Hopefully again, we can ease the pain. That's all I, I hope. Yeah. But, um, and and yeah. to me, the answer is incremental improvement on both the south side, west side, and mm-hmm. Eastgate area. Mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily the acceleration of the Colton sewer should be sacrificed um, or shouldn't sacrifice the west side and south side solutions. I think there needs to be a slower approach. Even yeah. that means that sewer takes an extra year. If we're doing some of the approaches on east and or south and west, then you know it's a more equitable approach. Yeah, for sure. Well, my uh, 
my son on the way back from the bus kept like bringing things he found on the curb. Oh no! He was like, "Hey, Dad, look! It's this suitcase. It looks great." And we're like, "Yeah, <laughs> no. that's got poop on it, son. Yeah. <laughs> Put that yeah. back." He's like, "Oh no! Watch this video." Yeah. Oh. I mean, the stories of people having to take antibiotics because they were exposed to other people's shit. Oh, yeah. Like that's bad. That's yeah. a really bad situation. Oh, gosh. And also the. The long conversations Public Works had, I mean, they're really dry, but also they kept referring to floods, and nobody wanted to talk about the sewage. Yeah. yeah. That's the huge issue. The yeah. floods is one thing, but sewage is a whole different... Life. The video that's floating out there of the, the one resident where it's literally the shower, and you're just mm-hmm. seeing it like... And, and it looks like... Yeah. You know, it looks like the old uh, war movie where it's the submarine and the water coming through. It, it's yeah. that, and it's just pure sewage. I don't... Yeah. I'm debating whether to say I, this is all public information. State Farms uh, backup of sewer and drain is coverage you would get to have this. Illinois has the highest rates. Um, it's not it's not a good situation here yeah. um, for a variety of reasons. Age of our it's like the perfect storm, no pun intended, yeah. of like bad weather. Uh, Pro- like it's just dry enough that you think you can build a basement, but probably wet enough that you shouldn't be. And so then everyone's got sump pumps, and they can go out, and the infrastructure cracks, and then you've got sewage in there. It's like either you're in, in newer places where they are, or you're in drier places where their basements are fine, or you're in places like Arizona where like the ground's so hard they, they're not going to build a basement, right? But it's yeah. it's a bad situation here. So. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I want to touch on was, again, that direct payment issue. I know that was something that was contentious in the council. And you heard many council members say that, well, has anybody in Illinois done a direct payment to a private person from the government? And that was kind of the philosophical question, um, which, you know, less than a year ago, we approved giving direct aid to individuals who were impacted by COVID. And that was funds that our city government had. They were given to us, but we had them, and we gave them directly to people. So that question was already answered uh, in my mind. But um, yeah, And then was... the kicker of everything was Gibson City just last week oh, approved yeah. giving money to individuals as the government who suffered from the flooding that they had, which wasn't even the same day of floods. So obviously this is the problem that's going to That was happening. nuts so, out there. Yeah. I couldn't believe it, man. I go out there a lot to go to the... <clears throat> The, the German restaurant's closed now. It breaks my heart a little bit, but the um, drive-through, drive-in, we go out to do Harvest that. Food. Oh yeah, yeah, man, that was that was rough. Yeah. When, when you have uh, long, the long boats, the coming and rescuing people off that main street, and there's not a creek around there. There's, not, yeah, it, it's crazy, yeah. and you're seeing four foot, five foot. That that was insane. I was trying to figure out like where is this water coming from? When you drive over there, there is like a little bitty like. It yeah. rained 13 inches there in a couple hours. I mean, nuts. One of my coworkers at, at work is, is out there, okay. and yeah. it was giving updates as the day was going, and finally it was like we were doing everything we could, and we're screwed. Like there's no more fighting it. Just kind of that moment of. You can't do a thing. Yeah. And, and everybody was like that out there. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I don't think anybody believes that what happened in June here in Bloomington is not going to happen again. That was a one in a hundred year thing. Yeah, oh, come yeah. on. Nobody believes that. And or even so, if it is a one in a hundred year thing, it could still happen next year. Like, yeah. That's, that's not how probability works. You're like, oh, it happened now. Luckily, we have 99 more years to figure this out. Like, that's not... My father, who's lived here all his life, construction, you know, he's like, yeah, this is the fifth hundred year flood that I've seen. I know. The models are all jacked <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, uh, side side point rhetorically though, I, I have a pet peeve about unnecessary adjectives, and I do think everyone saying raw sewage was unnecessary because it's not like it's like oh man, I've got sanitized. Cooked, I've got cooked sewage. In, <laughs> I've cooked sewage in my basement. Like any kind of sewage in my basement is a problem. I don't it's care if it's raw. I don't care what. I also don't know types of sewage that well. Pasteurized. I, I haven't been exposed to the different brands of sewage, so I think we could just drop raw off yeah. in, the, in the beginning. Um, yeah. My other one is hardwood. I understand that like there are places that build floors out of things other than hardwood, but they don't here. And so like I have a wood floor. You're like, oh hardwood? No, I made it out of softwood. Like I don't know. It's like truly squishy. It's, cork. it's, it's yeah. kind of damp all the time. <laughs> like, it's you right. take a bunch of pallets and you make the floor. It's like, it's like a nice, nice softwood floor. Um, so I just say I have, I have wood flooring, but people correct me. Anyway, those are I'll just get those out there. This moment um, of rants from Tyson is brought to you by... Yeah, I had too much... I, I drank a glass of you. I'm sorry for drinking the rest of your Diet Coke there, but I'm hopped up on caffeine now. I'm really working it out. Yeah. Um, well, Kelby, something that I, I really respect about you, and, and when you came on the... Um, when you came on our election edition, mm-hmm. something that uh, Jeremy and I talked about afterwards is, like, there's, there's a lot of people who um, just like criticize and they just say like this is not going well this is not going well yeah but then they'll go home and just you know keep posting nasty stuff on on facebook right i really appreciate the stuff you've done in the community like get your roll up your sleeves and get your your hands dirty so one of the things was a covid aid that i know you and your wife did a lot with Um, oh yeah yeah that was mostly her her you know wanting to jump in and do stuff and then i just kind of helped out where i could Yeah, yeah, yeah that was so cool though that that was um for people who didn't know they were doing that, it was for people who were immunocompromised during the early days of COVID, trying to organize people to get groceries and bring them to them. And then um, those instructions that she wrote were so like, I knew exactly what I was doing. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I yeah. did it a few I mean, times, like put these in here, put that here, clean this, move this over yeah. here. Like, we was, didn't know, like we set it up this, we thought this might last for years. Oh yeah. Would be the right. situation. And yeah. I mean, back then that was when you know, they didn't have, if you wanted to get delivery from a grocery store or pickup, like they did not have anything built, any stores have that stuff set up. And then uh, places that do the deliveries, um, like DoorDash didn't have groceries. But if you had any of those systems, uh, Instacart, for instance, they were like two week lead times at this yeah. time when we did that. Yeah. So there was no solution out there. And, and so we, we also didn't know at that, and we didn't know at that time how it was transmitted either. So <laughs> yeah. I. I've actually been listening to some podcasts from March and April 2020 talking about the pandemic just to reflect on how much, not our podcasts, like professional ones with like biologists and stuff and medical personnel. No one had any idea what the hell no was going idea. on. Where they're, where they're like saying, take the packages in and scrub them scrub down, them and, down then and pull this out. Yeah. And yeah. I used to spend hours like after each shift every single day when we were doing those runs, I would take... Uh, you know, alcohol, rubbing alcohol, and, and literally desanitize every single credit card, yeah. all those bags, yeah. all those bags. And then now it's like that. I came home in my mudroom and took off all my clothes yeah. and put them immediately in the washing machine then took a shower because I just gone. I mean, like, Asbestos we did this treatment. We, yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. Another guy was talking about how, like, there is no way to be completely safe because, like, it could be, like, wafting in the air and coming through cracks in your houses. And you, so you should still wear a mask in your house. So, oh. like, I think we forget just how... Yeah anxiety riddled we all were a lot of people shut down that situation but you guys stepped up to try to help people and also not just to directly help people but help other people want to help people um yeah yeah so i i I just think that was really cool so i just want to thank you guys again for doing that and that and and that was one of the conversations we had afterwards i mean i your and my political views are different we i think we all know that 
<clears throat> excuse me, and I and I said to Tyson, like, yeah, I, I might not be the one voting for you, but I am mm-hmm. glad there are people like you in this community, and we need that from all sides, like Definitely. all different thoughts, and that that's what makes a community strong, in my opinion. Yeah, so, yeah. Seriously, hats off for for running, being involved, and yeah, thanks. And, and even with the blown oats thing, like I, I don't just write to say, hey, this is a stupid policy, don't do it. <laughs> I say like. Hey, this is a stupid policy. Don't do it. Here's what you could do. Like, I try to throw out suggestions. I don't want to just, you know, I don't like the terms do better. A lot of people, like, will, you know, criticize governments and just say, like, do better. And I, you know, I think there's there's a way you can help explain what doing better looks like. Yeah. And so that's that's what I'm just trying to do. And, and taking action. I yeah. mean, even writing that up, even doing some some of the stories you told about in the other podcast, I was blown away and very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we need more of that in our community. We need people getting involved, stepping up, taking action, even little action. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people doing stuff. Yep. And, and I mean, that's why I like this podcast and then Ed C's podcast when yep. you said, I'll keep mm-hmm. your day job. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, those... Like, that, that alternative media, I guess, I don't know if that's how you guys would see it as, but, like, it's very important to figure out what's going on. And that's why I try to listen to all of them. And yeah, even the uh, uh Even the, uh, the the EDC has the podcast that they put out every week. And, you know, some of them I skip, but I try to listen to a lot of them. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. pretty interesting to, when you start to really figure out who the people are behind the scenes of all these things. And when you've supported us financially, too, which I really appreciate. It's very yeah, generous of yeah. you as well, too. Um, Patreon, Patreon supporters, so... Usually this is the time of year when this is the time of year when the bills come due um, for like the server and stuff like that, and so yeah. usually this is the time when Justin and I are like, oh gosh, we got to get a sponsor because like I don't want to pay all this money for this server space. Uh, it's not a ton, but it's like yeah. more than I necessarily want to spend, you know. So then the fact that um, people like you and, and others are, are, are giving money it enables us to just not focus on that, and also yeah. just in, encourages us to keep doing it too, yeah. right? and I hope more people do it like I mean it seems like there's only one other blogger out there um, Diane because I know her uh-huh. and uh, yeah other than that there's not really voices besides people who are in the mass mass media I guess um, right. local media too but they're all tied up with so many different things they're not just focused on politics they gotta follow the sports that are going on <laughs> you guys don't have to follow that stuff yeah so. well, we were actually gonna start that as a segment right no, joking. I could just <laughs> me me bashing sports. I could do that. What for is an this hour. sports ball thing? <laughs> I'm from Europe. Come on. One of my friends figured it out that I'm like really not into sports because I've asked him several times to do something Sunday afternoon. He just politely said, "I have a standing commitment Sunday afternoon," and I realized like, oh, yeah, he watches football. Oops, I didn't realize that. That was a, but that was a way of saying it that I could respect. Where he's like, I watch football every afternoon. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> They're going to be fine without you. Come hang out with me. Um, I am excited just for, on, on Monday, they're going to be voting on expanding the library. Um, I mean, it's yeah. a preliminary vote just to initiate the financial structure process. So uh-huh. it's one of the first, very first steps. Uh, but I was excited to see one of the things they're going to have in there is a podcasting room. Yeah. And that's really cool. And I hope they, they yeah. you know, get that and get that podcasting room because... I'm hoping uh, what I've been really looking for is more like uh, like uh, high school aged uh, kids doing that because I know that you know in the protests the past two years they've just high schoolers really stepped stepped up in a big way and so if they jump on to getting into you know 
the stuff that you guys are doing. Like, that could be some real interesting times politically. It is surprising how... It surprised me. That was the biggest barrier to us starting, actually, um, was trying to find a space to do it in. We found Play Normal Esports because Justin knew him from um, uh, Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. Knew um, the the owner from Chamber of Commerce events. Yeah, Terry. um, Yeah, Terry Bontini. And then we got hooked up with this because Justin Bellis and I go to church together. Our kids are the same age. But it's just like having to know somebody to get a space. And um, But, yeah, I was pretty excited about that. My wife's on the library board, oh, cool. so I don't think it was in because of that. But as soon as she saw it, she came and told me, it's like, podcasting space. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's nice. We're still going to be at Little Beaver, though, right? I, they don't have free beer. Yeah, right. yeah, I don't know if the library <laughs> offers yeah. free beer at the, uh, at the location. Yeah. You'd have to bring it in, I guess. That'd probably be a needs over once thing, I would think. I don't know. I really, I mean, once, once, once over needs. needs. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I definitely. I mean, she's on the board. You can you can get it in, right? I'll try. Yeah, they have so much power, man. You should see the amount of authority. <laughs> you and are opening up. Okay, yeah. yeah. you're <laughs> sleeping on the couch. Yeah, with that comment. I, I will just say with the library, though. Um, and this is all based on public information, but I'm close to it because Susan's on the board. Um, they, speaking of like liberals that are financially conservative, like I, that board fits that to a T. They, they, I mean, libraries just kind of draw liberals. It's a lot about like oh, yeah. freedom of information, taking care of the poor, like you know, free speech, a lot of things that are really important to to liberals. Um, but they take their duties to maintain the finances really, really seriously. And they've been trying really hard to put a package in front of the council that they will vote on. Mm-hmm. They've been saving up money over time for this thing. I don't know any other group in in the city government that's saving up for planned maintenance, right? It's such yeah. an admirable thing that they've been doing over years. They're going to have a huge private funding campaign associated with this, so they're not just coming with their hands out. They're trying to balance all the different sources they have available. And they're at a real downside because, like, they have a specific tax that goes for them, right? So people get their property tax bill out, and they're like, oh, gosh, i got to pay for the library. Or other things, like, there's not going to be an O'Neill tax, O'Neill pool tax on there, right? Yeah. So I expect on Monday that there's going to be a lot of consternation and yeah. hand-wringing and angry thoughts about raising property taxes. Very sympathetic to that, but I, I, it makes me upset that I feel like the library board and the library director are doing all the things they need to be doing to, to provide the support for the community. And the way things are just sort of structured and going right now, it, it puts them in an unfair spot. So, um, yeah. Anyway. I mean, now's a perfect time, though. Like, you know, they, I've been watching the library expansion discussed for, like, almost two decades now. Like, it's been a long yeah. time. Yeah. You know, we're going to move it at one point. Uh, but Build a branch. Yeah. Yeah, move it downtown. Yeah, and so like, it's been so long, so I feel like they've been slowly adding to that pool, which yeah. is good. Um, and also interest rates are at such a great time. Yeah. So. It's just a shame that COVID's causing construction costs to go up so much. Uh, it's really that is very hard. true. I'm very um, well aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but there's never a perfect time, right? You no. wait for the, the perfect time yeah. to do it. And Although lumber went down. I don't know if they're going to build it out of wood. Oh, That okay. finally went down. There's probably going to be a little bit of wood in there. Yeah. Man, I remember going to Lowe's. Uh, I remember going to Lowe's just to get, like, a sheet of plywood for my house. And I was like, what is going Why is this $40? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I was like, do you have any pieces of wood people have already cut up that I could, like, glue together or <laughs> yeah. something? Like, I don't... I don't want to do this when it anyway. first started hitting, I mean, I, I was, you know, when I was running, I was saying, like, this is going to be a two-year thing, and, 
yeah, I still think that. I think maybe I underestimated it. I think the supply chain's not going to get on track for a while. And yeah. just, you know, I deal with every aspect of construction. So it's switched from like appliances being a four month lead time. And all of a sudden, Windows get a notice the day it was supposed to be here. Yeah, it'll be another month. It'll be another month. And yeah, it just, it's nonstop. So. It's messed up. But it's every industry. We were talking at work. Someone was uh, talking about buying their turkey from a local farmer. And someone was saying how it's good to buy local, even though it costs more. And, and uh, I said that you definitely should try to buy American turkeys because turkey supply chains right now are just like ridiculous. Um, and someone was like, "Do they make? Do they grow turkeys in other countries?" And someone was like, "Duh, there's a whole country called Turkey." Um, <laughs> yeah. This is what we do at State Farm. That's so terrible. Um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I, I think it might actually be too late to get a local turkey at this point. But if people they go they go real quick, but people should check that out. I'm sure um, Green Top Grocery is probably facilitating that again this year. Yeah, I'm a I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat things to poop, but the okay. uh, they have a turkey now at Common Ground downtown. It's seventy five dollars, and it's a fake tofurkey thing that has like fake little legs that you'd see on a real turkey and i okay i don't know if i'm gonna splurge on it but <laughs> yeah that's a that's a hefty heavy box they also all. have a um i saw it dunkin donuts they have a uh ice cream cake that is shaped like a turkey as well so that might exactly. suffice for your needs <laughs> you gotta eat it quick though yeah it melts so anyway well, I just have one more question for you uh, before we go. I mean, you do all this stuff. You spend all this time. What, what is it that you would say drives you? Um, I think my optimism of the future of Bloomington. Um, I think Rivian, for sure, is something that, you know, wasn't on my radar five years ago. No, nobody's radar. But since that came into town, I think the politics of this town is going to significantly change at a fairly rapid pace. Um, once Rivian, you know, is fully up and up and running, and maybe if we get the Samsung, I don't know if that's news is, you know, still kind of in the air if that's going to happen or not. But if we were to get that, I think it'd be even more. Um, and I think that because of the city of Bloomington's, you know, lack of decision making and having a lot of plans that don't put a lot of effort into implementing, and, and by effort I mean money, um, they have a lot of decent balances on their books compared to the town of normal which has implemented tons of plans and their balance is not um, great for the future necessarily uh, so I do think that there's a lot of potential in this town and you know for downtown alone just watching it change significantly in the past 10 years like that has really changed um, and so and that was all pretty much without any city help I mean we could get down to it like that's yeah. all private businesses that, and the people shopping there that made that happen yeah. Um, so I do think there's potential for... Since Justin's not better. here, I will throw out there that the city could pick up the trash better. Yes. yes. I know he would mention this. So It's very true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't we just get those automatic things that Normal has? They <laughs> seem to work fine over there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's a cool answer. Um, I'm optimistic about it here, too. I, I, I've said several times, but I feel like we're just big enough to have real problems but small enough that to feel like one person can make a difference in them you know so it's very well said it's cool to see you uh doing your part to make a difference um, oh, yeah. and maybe you'll get your go-kart uh i will yeah i'm pretty off. confident that'll happen that'd be the yeah. one thing <laughs> yeah i mean i do want to just you know i could spend an hour talking about it but now that sports betting's legal here i think it's a it's a no-brainer we need to get going <laughs> sit up on the second deck of Macy's and you look down at all the kids and, and, you, and you bet 
And the proceeds can go to subsidizing the go-karts, so it's cheaper for the kids. Yeah. You have alcohol, it's a win-win. That's uh-huh. a million-dollar idea right there. Have some, ship some of the local brewery uh, beers in there. Absolutely. They can have stands. All of them bring, Every, like, three brews to each one. And everything comes together, yeah. yeah. You have a couple Rivian trucks outside, <laughs> so they can, like, go look at the Rivian trucks. Uh-huh. Yep. ISU students, when they come into town, their parents are in town, they're going to take them there. Yeah. State Farm can insure the go-karts. Nice. Um, people get hurt. we got hospitals for them. You know, yeah. it's just, we got everything. It's right next Seriously, to the Why has this never been discussed? Why is this that? We just have to wait for them all to collapse Let's first. have the position this, paper immediately. Yeah. Yeah. We're waiting for the, the price to buy out the Macy's to go down a little more, and then we're good. Yeah. yeah. They already got a big parking lot. That's fine. <laughs> Put all the stuff out there. You can make it outdoors during the summer. <laughs> yeah. There was a period there on social media. It was like every story. I felt like it was one comment from you. It would be like, go-karts. And I was like, there it is again. Yeah. Some point, man. That, that won't go away until it happens. So. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, all it takes is a dream. Cool. Well, thanks for stopping by, man. It really, uh, it's really good to meet you in person. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Just just keep it up. I'll keep, uh, during these times that I'm taking a breather from following politics real close, I can uh, appreciate people like you. Taking up the mantle, and we can and I can benefit from it by reading your stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. And then I said Facebook, Blow Notes is the uh, Facebook. Okay. Yeah, I'll put um, a. Uh, people want to check it out. I'll put that in the uh, show notes if people want to check that out there. And then um, you said there was something at the Ma- McLean County Regional Planning Commission about affordable housing. Yeah, if you go to their website, they should have a whole section on affordable housing, and they okay. break down all the different types and, and kind of what the statistics are in town locally. Yeah. Okay, I'll put that out there too. Some additional resources for people. Yeah, and then I still want to debate Donna Bolin at some point on the Hamilton Road yeah, extension. Yeah, yeah. Although I did hear they're going to put a Dunkin' Donuts nearby. Yeah. So that might run right across that's gonna really, Okay. That's going to really hurt my debate. Because that, that's a really busy place. <laughs> so you're going to need a lot of road. <laughs> and soccer. We're putting the soccer complex out there at oh, Sailboat. Nice. That was announced recently too. Oh, okay. Is that the area you're yeah. telling you? Yeah. yeah. Right there, where the old sail barn is, just north okay. of uh, where Hamilton and, and Veteran or yeah. uh, Main Street is. Mm. I don't know, so, man. I, Planning Commission, the Dunkin' Donuts drive-through. <laughs> just make sure, please, that that doesn't lead to what is it happening at normal all the time. It's terrible. <laughs> it's it's nuts in um, the one in Oakland too. Yeah. It, having been by both of them, that normal one is is, is crazy. Is it's it dangerous. worse? It's, it's, it's way worse. Oh yeah. my and gosh. it's all the time. You'll be driving, you'll hit the McDonald's and all of a sudden, why is everybody stopped? And you got to get in the left lane because there's 15 cars. And then you're on the 51. Car and the car yeah, wash is the most yeah. busy thing in, in the right. town, obviously. So God. besides donuts, yeah. I don't understand, crazy. man. It's like, especially once COVID hit, that place is yeah. always, yeah. it's always busy. Yep. They've the one in Oakland. They closed their lobby most of the time because there's just yeah. so much traffic coming through the yep. drive-through that they got to handle that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I walk my dog past it all the time. It'd be like 7 a.m. Yeah, man. Already lining up out yeah. on Oakland. This is like four o'clock in the afternoon yeah. on, on the North Normal one. Yeah. It's backed up. You're going. What is oh, Dunkin' Donuts at doing? At four o'clock. Well, why do you need coffee? But, <laughs> like it's. It's fine, coffee. Like it tastes, <laughs> it, t- it tastes okay. Like I get it, but I would, if I ever come up and the kids are like, can we get donuts? I'm like, nope, not waiting in that line. Uh, yeah, but if you need the coffee, I'm not gonna wait in a Taco Bell for a taco to that degree. But if I need that coffee, I'm waiting. I'm you're waiting for it. Yeah. Take a little nap in your car. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we need to diversify and spread that out. Bring that down there. Yeah, yeah I'd um, I'd love to have you and Donna on. That fell off my uh, on my radar, but. Um, that's one of the things I think is so cool because she just talks about strong towns all the time. Oh yeah. And uh, every time I chat with her, she brings it up. And 
she just bought Chuck's new book. So um, it's it's great how it can bring people of different persuasions together um, with things. And um, like you and you and Stan doing your video. Oh yeah, definitely cool too. If we can't talk to each other locally, then what are we doing around here? You yeah. know. So um, same with Steve. Uh, you guys had on a couple months back. Um, Steve Cease? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I loved his take on Ward 6, and, like, if you go back and listen to that, like, that's exactly how it should have played out, the way he had it, but it yeah. didn't, and, yeah. I was real impressed by that. It's a very principled position, and I yes. was... His position was that he... He's in Ward 6, and he was thinking about applying for uh, the spot, but then he thought, I, I'm not... I'm a very different political persuasion than than Jen Carrillo and so it wouldn't be appropriate for me to be in that spot because the voters should have someone who's ideologically uh, aligned with what they voted for and um, I would expect nothing less than a principled position from Steve C. Yeah. So, um, which Steve you're still on 90 you're still on Cities 929 yes. <laughs> I understand like who are you hanging out with over there <laughs> seriously <laughs> but that's fine alright on that note on that note shut it up yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, everyone, come on out and uh, check out Little Beaver. We plugged you in the plugged them in the in the middle of this a few times too. But uh, just a very cool place, and I've uh, had several people tell me after listening to the podcast they got hungry and thirsty and came down here and did not regret it. So, if you've been if you've been holding off, so if your listeners been holding off, come down and check it out. There's definitely something to um, to like here. And I came with some friends who haven't. Some of them haven't been here before, and. As I mentioned, the waitresses are great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, he, one of my friends was like, can I have a blue moon? And she's like, we don't have a blue moon, but here's three things that are kind of like that. Which one do you like the best? He found the thing he likes, and he enjoyed it a lot, too. So um, don't, be, don't be intimidated by, by craft beer. It's very accessible. And, and be sure to ask for Jitters Coffee, uh, that, that brew. Make yeah. sure you get that. Come and be like, They're going to tell you no, but eventually they'll bring it back. <laughs> right in the groundswell, lobbying. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're just driving by, you could come in and say, do you have a Jitters? And they could say no, and then you could say, okay, thanks, and walk out. <laughs> and then maybe if enough of that happens, Kelby can get his wish. Um, yeah. And ask if they've ever considered sponsoring a go-kart place in yes. town when you do that. <laughs> Just, you know, I don't know if a beer place sponsoring a, uh, a go-kart place would be great, but, um, hey, you know. Get a breathalyzer before you get in the car, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. See you later. Thanks.